Yeah, and I, I just wanted to just mention also briefly too and everything. I think, you know, somehow like earlier and everything, uh, you know, we're talking about like, you know, Bruce's influence and everything lately with uh, Born in the USA, like, you know, not, you know, having much of an influence and everything. I actually disagree and everything. I think, you know, I mean, it like, you know, the band like Arcade Fire, you know, yeah. for instance, you know, and the, you know, like in the 2000s here is like, you know, cited that like as a major influence, you know, on them. There've been, uh, you know, just like, you know, and in fact, actually, I think that, you know, a lot of the Born in the USA with a lot of the, you know, latter day bands that have been kind of influenced by Bruce and everything. I think that they were, you know, it was because of Born in the USA that they were really brought into it, so. Here is the second part of my discussion with Daniel Brown, Christopher Stuckey, and James May. Hope you enjoy it. Can you give me a couple of topics that you guys talk about that you may want to share with sums that you guys really had a fun dialogue on? It sounds like one of you will see an article or have a thought, and then you kind of have that group chat like, hey, like, it, it's it's kind of like a personal thing that what I do, like every once in a while I'll talk about, you know, it'd be interesting to have someone on the podcast and try to do what are the phases of Bruce's career? Like, you know, like how would you, you know, rope them off? You know, the, you know, there's obviously the other band era, you know, and then, you know, the wilderness years. And then you do like, do you, do you do post magic altogether or do you like to do the Broadway years? I mean, you know, just things like that. So have you guys. More stream of consciousness than that, actually. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we do like a lot of stuff we will do will be based on some of the song ranking articles that, that we have. Yeah. And it just kind of leads us into these kind of stream of consciousness kind of discussions. We've there, had a lot of debate. We've had a lot of debates about the recent albums too. Yeah, like, that too. I was slow to come around on Western stars and you guys were okay. adamant that it was great. And we will argue the merits and they'll, try to tell me what i'm missing and we've done a lot of that did that you like that film here, actually with recent albums dan we find i i feel like we are often dragging you into acceptance of uh of current day bruce and and by current day i mean anything after 2000 <laughs> okay did uh dan did you like the film yeah, I haven't Western seen the film. You haven't seen no, Western haven't Stars? Seen yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm a slow uh, adopter when it comes to anything anything new in general. Okay. I take this personally. Sorry, Bruce. But no, uh, I think it has, it, uh, I didn't have a great deep yearning to go see the movie, and maybe it will change my perspective, and maybe James and Chris will get off my back um, mm -hmm. on our group chats about it, but uh, I am a little bit of a traditionalist, and I. Uh, it's the baseball writer in you, right? Yeah, I don't. Right, like I don't want to keep Bruce in a box, and I want him to do whatever he wants to do. But sometimes <laughs> yeah. I don't always go alone. Okay, so uh, 
the you don't want the expanded playoffs you want uh, you know <laughs> you know you're not necessarily a dh fan of you know so uh, yeah, this all so goes in together go Dan's, dan injury. loves the second the the runner on second base in the extra innings i know that about <laughs> very true oh, yeah, yeah they're I just i mean the i think of i think of our our group chat and and make no mistake this thing will lie dormant for nine months a year sometimes it seems like no activity and then so for me if if i'm going to do it it's almost always i'm listening to something and i have something i have to say about it okay and there's only two people that will understand mm-hmm. or or god care what i have to say about what what whatever it is um now now there's a lot of activity when when um we start getting singles for uh for letter to you Right. First single is available, and and now with Spotify and all the newfangled kids and their whatnot streaming, yeah, I, I used to have to wait and go buy a tape. Um, now you can hear this thing as soon as it comes out, whenever you want to, and and ten times in a row. Well, as soon as that's out, so so I'm gonna jump on there and be like, you guys, because I'm I'm two hours ahead, so so, and I'm an yeah. early riser anyway. So the morning anything Bruce comes out, they're 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 gonna wake up with uh, with mail. Um, mm-hmm say oh my god ghosts this is this is the holy grail of of back to basics bruce stuff this is an incredible so you i'm i'm all in you know and and so reaction and stuff like that but sometimes it's just it's sunday morning i'm having some coffee i put on western stars and i reappreciate i'm like you know what this is this is better than i gave it credit for even and i liked it to begin with and damn it these guys got to know that so <laughs> The phone. Western Stars is great. I know. I've been wanting to talk to you guys about about High Hopes. Actually, how I think that's oh. most underrated album. Actually, so you think it's what his most underrated album? <sighs> you know, if you call up and say, "Hey, get this High Hopes. Every song cuts it." You know. <laughs> I wouldn't say every song, but I would say a, a lot of them do. You know, and. His cover of Dream Baby Dream, that's uh, just incredible stuff. Yeah, I mean, I you know. We, we talked a little about High Hopes once, but it was only, it might have, actually, that might have just been me talking to you, Dan, because uh, I, yeah. I think I, I remember being like, well, studio versions of some good songs I like that the dev studio versions kind of save it, but I'm not a High Hopes fan. We'll, um, we'll we'll have this discussion later. <laughs> it's all yeah. Well, no, I, I I love the cover of Dream Baby Dream. It's it is. Yeah. In fact, a fun story. At least I think it's fun, and this is the audience to share, right? So the first seven times I saw Bruce, he never played Thunder Road. Just oh, wow. you know, because my first show was two thousand two, wow. The Rising. Yeah. So I've gone all these shows. I've never heard Thunder Road live. So then um, he's hey, just do- just real quick. I think I was at. I went to Dallas in two thousand two. Yeah. Was it the American Airlines Arena? Yeah, with the Rising it, Tour. It yeah. Play Thunder Road. Yeah, I was. Yeah. I was at that show. Yeah. So that was my first show, and I'm very disappointed that, according to the people that do the the, there are not a lot of Rising archives. Because, you know, I would love to have my first show, you know, on an official release. So anyway, um, so then uh, when he w- they were doing the High Hopes tour, right, that he was either ending the show with Thunder Road or doing Dream Baby Dream with the pump organ. And um, and I, 
I went to two or three shows on that leg and he did Thunder Road on all of them. He never did Dream Baby Dream. And I, I, it's not that you can complain about, you know, hearing Thunder Road live, but it was like, damn it. I, you know, I went forever and I couldn't have gotten Dream Baby Dream because that's one of our favorite um, covers that he did. So uh, I, I love that. And uh, This Is Your Sword um, I, is another favorite song of mine from uh, High Hope. So I got a little yeah, bit of love. For that you, is James. a good one. Once in a while, yeah. I, I, have a, I have a USB drive in the car that, yeah. that it just has every digital thing I have on it and it shuffles all the time. Yeah. And so I will get, you know, something you most of what i get is good lord i have so many of those live uh recordings from from the that they sell and so every every fourth song is live bruce from something but um but once in a while something will fly in from high hopes and i'll be like oh that's that's not that bad so i think i think contextually sometimes the new bruce albums are a little dense to me and i i have trouble i have trouble hearing a song on its own without the context of everything that surrounds it and so uh that that format sometimes helps me to hear things in yeah different ways letter to you meant a lot to me i think just because the circumstances that you know we had been locked up and all of a sudden you know I, i i made the joke many times during the fall that if we got a you know a a new president in November and a new Springsteen album in like, you know, December, the year would not totally suck and uh, no politics to offending anyone. But, uh, and, and then to see letter to you being that good, you know, and the Apple film, uh, you know, on Apple TV um, and, you know, and I like, I would, I would list, I was listening to, you know, um, if I was the priest just over and over again, going like, I have no idea what this effing song means, but I love (laughs) everything about it. You know, it just, just, it is just a wonderful song. It sounds, I mean, it really, I mean, I know it was written around that time, you know, just like, but it it just so sounds like something that could have been on, on greetings from Asbury Park, I think, you know, and you can really hear where it, where it was, you know, was, and I'm all like, how how did he not record this at that time, you know? absolutely and, uh, yeah and I, I just wanted to just mention also briefly too and everything i think you know somehow like earlier and everything uh you know we're talking about like you know bruce's influence and everything lately with uh, born in the usa like you know not you know having much of an influence and everything i actually disagree and everything i think you know i mean it like you know the band like arcade fire you know yeah. for instance you know and the you know like in the 2000s here is like you know cited that like as a major influence you know, on them, there've been, uh, you know, just like, you know, and in fact, actually, I think that, you know, a lot of the born in the USA with a lot of the, you know, latter day bands that have been kind of influenced by Bruce and everything, I think that they were, you know, it was because of born in the USA that they were really brought into it. So. Yeah, I think that's uh, really well said. And I do feel like um, he has influenced a lot of people. Uh, there are a, a lot of bands that seem to, um, you know, everything from Dropkick Murphys, Arcade Fire, you know, certainly other. Jason Isbell certainly around, seems yeah. to talk um, about that he who is. Who's that band that you introduced me to, Dan? Uh, Gaslight Anthem. Gaslight oh, Anthem. Gaslight, yeah. Gaslight yeah. Anthem's good. Uh, the Killers like him. Uh, I like Titus Andronicus. It's a little harder to spot there, but it's there. Um, that, that, 
Bruce influence is in there. Yeah, I, it's, I it's starting to be more of the moment, I think, in the last five to ten years for uh, younger guitar bands to to wear that influence a little more strongly. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, are the family fans? Are you guys, uh, you know, are you the ones who have uh, children? Are you raising them to be Springsteen fans or? Is I'm it trying. Just, yes. <laughs> I'm not not successfully with my oldest so far and everything. You know, I'm hoping my 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 youngest though. I'm working working with him a little bit. You know, to you know see if like you know I can get something. My wife, unfortunately, not at all. I mean, we we agree on a lot of other music, but it's just you know when it comes to when it comes to Bruce, like it's a you know a bit of, you know and you know I think he's just a bit enigmatic for her, and so. It's just like she can't get past his voice and you know and i'm all like well i guess it's like you know kind of like with dylan you know too like it was uh, you know the same thing like some people just can't get past his voice and like but she admits he's he's a great songwriter and so like you know and she loves you know covers of his songs and and things like that so and uh yeah my parents were just like my dad like you know i mean he basically just like old gospel music he's passed away now and you know, my mom liked, you know, stuff from the 60s and stuff and everything. And so like, I, you know, just like, so like, yeah, no luck with Bruce there and everything. And so like, you know, I, yeah, unfortunately, like, you know, I mean, you know, so I, yeah, I have to have my Bruce community through my friends here. So I, my cousins, I mean, I do have yeah. my cousins, you know, too, like, you know, that I, you know, do talk to about Bruce. So, but they're not as hardcore as I am. So my wife had the same issue and I told her, to think of his voice as just another instrument and oh, yeah. don't try to understand the lyrics. Just think of it as an instrumental and just listen to the emotion of the song. And that yeah. helped her. Then she really loved wrecking ball. And as I've told the store multiple times, we drove up to Cleveland uh, to see the wrecking ball. Uh, that was, you know, he wasn't coming anywhere close to Dallas. And uh, we did the Kentucky bourbon trail, half of it went up to Cleveland, saw Bruce, then went to Rock and Roll Fame, drove back, did the second half of the Kentucky Bourbon Trail, and we called it our Bruce and Bourbon Tour. And <laughs> so um, Bruce is kind of connected to bourbon to my wife now, so she's, <laughs> which is not a bad thing, exactly. Bruce and Bourbon uh, Tour should never end. We should all... Yeah, exactly, yes, it, that would, yeah, that was a great tour. Uh, how about you guys? Family supportive or... Um, yeah, yeah. Uh... Carol, my my wife Carolyn, uh, she she's pretty open minded with regard to the stuff that I like to listen to. Um, not she, you know, she doesn't uh, have much time for for my um, forays into metal and uh, and harder edged punk. But you know, it is what it is. But uh, but no, she'll she'll she's into Bruce. She's gone with me several times to see him. Um, she very much likes uh western stars and letter to you those are those are really her speed she she's into it claire has gone to see bruce twice with us the first time on the magic tour she uh was awake till the second or third song and then slept through the entire show until um i want to say uh, twist and shout or something okay um and then woke up and was dancing and then she uh she got to go last time i saw him on the river tour and and thankfully stayed awake that whole time so um she uh she's more interested in the dynamics she likes the show mm -hmm. um she likes a bruce show i mean who could who could imagine um right 
no but she she her questions would always be about the band and uh and as she got old enough to be interested in music it was right around the time that that clarence clemens passed away so then she was very interested in the relationship with those with those two guys how that worked and and uh, wow did i get to see i got to see the big man when i was like, yeah you well until you fell asleep yeah you saw the big man yeah. on that tour. um yeah. she i i i don't think she uh i don't think she goes out to spotify and listens to bruce on her own okay but uh but no they're they're very uh supportive okay dan yeah, I mean, well, first of all, my, my parents, they were the uh, the strangest possible creatures. They were like mild mm-hmm. music fans. Like, I don't recall them ever going, oh, I'm turning this up. This is my yeah. jam. Uh, they had a stack of records from the 60s. They were mostly the Staples. They had the Beatles and they had the Beach Boys and that kind of thing. But I don't remember them. Dave ever Clark going, Five. I remember them. What's that? They had the Dave Clark Five. Oh, they did have the Dave, Dave Clark yeah. Five, actually. I used to love listening to that record. <laughs> uh, they went to one concert in my life that I can remember. They saw Sammy Davis Jr. at a casino in Tahoe one time. Holy cow, if you're going to go to a concert, my <laughs> gosh, did they pick the right one? Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember them doing a music podcast. So yeah. Bruce is all on, on my own, but it does. I, like, I always wanted to get one or both of them to come to a Springsteen show because I think when you see this uh, spiritual revival of a Springsteen show, I think right. even if you don't like him, there's something about the, ma- you know, as Bruce has talked about the magic of the audience, this community, uh, this, this stadium of strangers that becomes a, the, a community of one, you know, it happens. It's real. There's a, there's a spirit in a, in a, I don't know, there's a magic to it all. And I thought if I could get into the show, maybe they could see why I'm so obsessed and that, you know, it never happened. They got old and a little bit infirm and yeah. maybe bouncing around to dancing in the dark wasn't for them, but um my wife likes Bruce just fine. Uh, she just can't say it out loud. She's one of those people who uh, music has to be edgy and alternative for her to okay. be cool. So she'll like it. She will listen to Bruce when no one else is watching, but she likes The Jam, which is a punk band from the late 70s. We're perfectly good, but I think half of the appeal is that people don't know who they are when she says, I love The Jam. <laughs> sure. Um, you, know, you can't do that with Bruce. Bruce. Yeah. I, love, I love Susan's taste in music. She's got a great taste in music. Oh, yeah. she, yeah. she has this crowded house collection of all of the expanded uh, editions that just came out. I saw last time that I visited Dan and I was just like, oh, this is amazing. Oh, that's great. Oh. Oh. My wife. Yeah, she has much better taste than, than Dan in general. Yeah. <laughs> Dan yeah. will admit this. I mean, I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Linda has said that uh, she knows when he tours again that I'm going to want to go as many shows as possible. And she says, and I won't take a ticket out of yours, but if there's any way I want to go. And I said, no, oh, no, no. I see, you know, she, she, she's seen him, I guess, three times. And she's like, it's, I haven't seen him in a while and I'm ready to see him. So, um, and so, and my son has gone twice. He went, uh, he went with me to Oklahoma City during the river tour, mostly because it was a chance to go out of town with the old man, right? Mm-hmm. And so we drove up, and it was really funny because, um, you know, he he didn't know that many songs, and he was like, and and afterwards I said, well, do you want to go get a drink? Do you want to do something? You know? And he's like, can we just go to the hotel room, Dad? I'm pretty tired. And I was <laughs> like. 
okay, sure. And, uh, and then the next morning we, I hit record and we talked about it and, you know, he, a couple of things. One, he said he wishes the Cowboy receivers caught as well as Kevin. Cause like he says, man, Kevin's just, you know, that whoever's catching Bruce's guitars, you know, yeah, Bruce just yeah. throws a guitar and he says, man, the Cowboy receivers, he said, the other thing is, you got to be ready because there is no bullshit between songs. Bruce ends the song, people applaud, and all of a sudden he goes, three, two, one, and he's right in the next song. He says, I just can't believe that. So um, we had the chance. We ended up going to see to New York uh, when toward the end of the River Tour when he did that three night, you know, over like a week at the MetLife uh, Stadium, and he went and um, and just loved it, you know. So now then he's he's really um, is ready to go to another show. He's excited. So yeah. Um, so what's is there stories I haven't asked about that I should have? I always think about this um, as I've shared before early in the podcast. I had an interview, and the guy goes after I hit, I turned off recording, he goes, oh, ne- I should come on again and tell you about when I got drunk with the E Street Band. And I'm like, what, how do you not tell that story to start? So anyway, I saw you raise your hand, Dan. Yeah, no, this isn't, this is, that, that's, I shouldn't have raised my hand before I realized I had to follow the getting drunk with the E Street Band. No, 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 it's good. Just something like this intersection of uh, my life is that I once went to a journalism conference and they had a really uh, accomplished writer. For, it wasn't a sports thing, it was all you know, kind of a newspaper or feature writing kind of thing. And it was a guy from the LA Times. And he said, you know, he's up there saying like, you should write in in, um, in sparse prose. You should be evocative and setting the scene. You should write about real people. And then he goes, you should write like Bruce Springsteen. And wow. He, he, that, was, that was the theme he was saying in your, in your storytelling, in your, uh, in your mission of capturing an audience and informing them and making them understand the subject better. Uh, he said, look at what Springsteen did with the ghost of Tom Joad. You know, he went and and he did his research. He talked to people. He writes in just this elegant, um, not overwrought, very um, uh, sparse storytelling, but he tells stories of migrants. He tells people, you know, people who have hit hard times. He tells uh, tells stories of people um, that you haven't met before on a rock and roll record. And I love that. I mean, I love that because I love Bruce and I love it um, as a writer myself because I think just no music at all. Read those words and you've got, uh, you've got a story you can understand. You've got a beginning, a middle end. You've got characters you can relate to. You've learned something serious about humanity and his... Uh, you know, that writer's message that night, um, I thought, uh, captured Bruce in a different way. Like, yeah, you want to be a journalist? Write like this guy, because he writes like a journalist. Great. I, I, I love that. Um, I've had a couple of writers on the show, like Ron Martz, who's a comic book writer, um, has written every character you can imagine. And he talked about that in college he couldn't stand Stephen King or Bruce Springsteen and now then they both have become his main influences that if he had by far you know um and that I do think that's an interesting 
thought, and I, I can't remember, I, I always, in April Fool's Day, a, a few years ago, someone did a fake article of Bruce being a best-selling writer. In other words, uh, they took all his albums and made them like they were a collection of short stories and, and redid his image. And I was like, you know, I would read the shit out of those books if they were real. I think I would love that because I think Western Stars is very much an Elmore Leonard kind of style of, you know, it could be a collection of Elmore Leonard short stories. So, yeah, that's great. Um, Yeah. And that's, and that's the thing I think that's really just appealing, you know, uh, you know, I mean, about Bruce and that just kind of raises him to like, like, uh, you know, kind of, uh, you know, a, a level of like, you know, icon, I guess, you know, and is the fact that I'm just trying to, think how how to piece it together I mean it's the fact that he tells stories and I think you know I grew up like uh like listening to like you know a lot of Johnny Cash right and everything and my grandfather like he kind of came from that Scots Irish you know um you know music tradition he passed away before I was born but I would listen to his uh tapes and he would actually go up and perform on like WBBM radio in Chicago and he would play a fiddle and have a you know a a, you know a uh sorry a harmonica and everything and he did like the talking blues stuff style and you know and that was like you know just you know very much like johnny cash then you know kind of became like you know you know kind of a purveyor of that kind of style like you know throughout like you know that era in the 50s and and you know you know 60s then like and then you know bruce is like i kind of taken that mantle i think now is like sort of like that americana you know icon and everything but like it's you know and i think that's central to that you know too is the fact that they're they're storytellers you know johnny cash was a storyteller like Bruce Springsteen was a storyteller like you know my, you know my grandfather came from like you know that you know tradition like where you told stories in the songs that you sang you know I mean they weren't you know just you know just you know they weren't just for fun I mean there's like how you you know like basically you know conveyed things like you know I mean you conveyed you know stories from one generation to another and I really think that you know Bruce has kind of taken on that like kind of Americana kind of icon now you know, with that same kind of thing. Oh, I, I absolutely agree. Um, so let's, uh, I, songs you hope to hear live sometime. I, <laughs> it, you know, and, and obviously letter to you, Western stars, but is there songs that you're, that you're chasing that you would have loved to hear live? And we'll start with you, Dan. Would, the songs where we bring the, bring the sign in and hold it up. Yes, yes. If you were a sign person or like if you had a bingo card, like, you know, like, you know. Um, I you know, I, the song, a song I really love and I think he sings it great. And I don't know if it's really a concert blockbuster, but I freaking love it is I Wish I Were Blind. Yeah. Oh, I've what never a great heard song. him sing that song. That would and, be a great uh, one. I think yeah. that just on a stage and a simplified stripped down version, I Wish I Were Blind. Uh, maybe would get more fans for a song that deserves more fans. Okay, good. All right, James. I know I'm going to kick myself later for not, you know, like because I know I'm going to think, oh gosh, yeah, there was that this song or that song. You know, I'd like to see him actually. You know, I'd like to see him do like an acoustic version of Atlantic City. Yeah, you know, that I've would never, be cool. I've only I've heard like on bootlegs his uh, full band version of Atlantic City, which just doesn't do that do that song justice i mean you can see why like you know he ended up like you know doing like the like an acoustic version but i would love to see him like you know and you know do it like in a a duet with like a female singer too or something like that Mm -hmm. i think that if i had like a wish list 
you know, for something like that. I, I can name one song that I did see him, uh, you know, sing live that, you know, I'm like really just glad that I did, uh, you know, that I had the opportunity to do that was he actually did, uh, uh, you know, Be True, or I think it was mislabeled to Be True on uh, the, you know, flip side of uh, Fade Away, yeah. uh, the single there. And so I actually did get to see him perform that live. And I'm always like, you know, and anytime I, you know, talk with like hardcore Bruce fans, I'm all, well, I did get to see him do that. So, you know. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. How about you, Chris? Um, you know, I, I'm kind of with James. I don't really, uh, I, I think I've been very fortunate. Um, and not only that, but, but out of the 11 shows I saw, one was obviously on the river tour. They did all of the river and that took, that took, took a few off of the list. It that does, I doesn't it? Yeah. Um, before that, I probably would have said Sherry Darling or, um, Oh yeah. Uh, stolen car. Um, oh yeah. I gotta say though, stolen car. I'm spoiled on the river version after I heard the one that's I want to say on tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, that I think might might be interpolating a different song of his. I don't remember which one, but there, there's the version on tracks of stolen car. I think is is just devastating. Yeah. To the point where where I don't think the river version, the one that made the record, uh, stacks up. Um, and then, but another, another Wait, like, so when you go, when you go to the concert, you're going to hold up, um, let's say, still a car, still but, the a car, but the, yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah. Car asterisk, not the one yeah. on, no. um, yeah, I, I want yeah. Atlantic cities, the acoustic version. <laughs> and, yeah. and so, but, uh, but another, uh, one of the other shows I saw was, was in uh, St. Louis when he had started doing, um, playthroughs of a full album sometimes. Uh, and he did a playthrough of Born to Run, so I got to hear Jungle Land, which would have been probably at the top of the list. I had not up to that point heard okay, it. Okay, very um, nice. So my my answer though at this point would be after after going to um, there's there's another show in St. Louis that was I want to say on the Magic Tour, uh, or or I was it was either on Magic or um, the uh, Working on a Dream Tour. And he did a show in St. Louis at the Scott Trade Center, 2008, I want to say, where for whatever reason he was he was pulling out a lot of old covers that he had not done in a long time. Now sometimes it seems like St. Louis, uh, from my limited research, puts him in the mind of uh, Chuck Berry, which puts him in the mind of okay. some old. Yeah. Uh, 50s tunes and 60s tunes that maybe he doesn't do all that often but for whatever reason this particular show he he started with and then she kissed me or then he kissed me or his his gender swapped version of then he kissed me that was his opening song that night <laughs> i think I, I i copied this show for you guys at one point and sent it to you uh because i great. i bought the i bought the recording off of their website but um yeah, opening with that was very strange. And then uh, this was also when he would take uh, requests by signs. He started doing that on this this tour, whichever one it was. Yeah. And um, they played Mountain of Love. Mm-hmm. Um, so these are these are frankly before my time. These are these are standards to people who have maybe been Bruce fans since the early '70s as concert things that he would play sometimes. But to me, they're generally new. I, I don't have that like deep depth of background in what kind of covers did Bruce play in the early seventies when he was, was feeling it on stage. Sure. But I sure love to hear them. 
And so I kind of defer to those longtime fans. Sometimes if I'm at a show, I like him to dig deep into the catalog. And so what I remember is those songs from, from that show. And I remember little Latin loopy Lou from mountain view. And yeah. I remember, um, you know, well, the Detroit medley gets hauled out quite a bit, but I still yeah. love it. But that's what I like is, is the party songs. I think of, I think I was trying to define the East street band recently in my own head for my own thoughts and say, what kind of band is this? It's, is this a rock band really? Because it doesn't have, it doesn't follow the tropes of, of a guitar rock band or any other band I've seen in concert. It has almost the trappings of what I had heard called a show band sometimes go, uh -huh. go downtown and see a band that's just professional musicians and they're doing covers and they, they have everything down to a science. I don't, I'm not saying that the E street band is a precision band in some ways, but in some ways they certainly are Yeah, or at least have been. And so I kind of like to, I like whatever they will put on a show with. It's less to me, the concert's less to me about hearing the, the songwriting uh, genius on display and more about the, uh, the raw feeling of connection with audience and what this particular band is able to do when they're locked in. Yeah. Is, is this the same tour where he, where he did uh, that version of Highway to Hell with, uh, you know, was it no. with Eddie Vedder in, in Australia? I there? don't think so. There, so there, you're right. There was a tour, and this was during the time I did not see that tour. But there was a tour I know where he went around and, and did did a cover at the beginning of each show. Yeah, it was sort of related to, to the city where it was yeah. from, yeah. right? Yeah, and that's why this, was, this predated that. Yeah, okay. this. Um, yeah. I know that. You know, he did the Staying Alive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, yeah. I remember uh, seeing. Yeah, I remember watching yeah. those because they'd pop up on YouTube the next day most of the right. time, and I'd check them out. And some, some were great. Some were like, "Oh, that's a good try." Yeah. Um, this was not that. This was okay. really out of left field. But that's like I love it. It's kind of sloppy. It's almost like you know, like like punk, you know, or something like yeah. that. Just like you know, let's <laughs> let's just see if we can pull this off, right, and everything. Because you're right, the East Street bands. I mean, they can play their instruments incredibly mm -hmm. well, but they're not a you know, precision band or something. They're not like, you know, when Fish came out with like all those like, you know, concerts <laughs> where they would cover the entire white album and do it all note for note perfect or something like that. I mean, the E Street band is never going to be that band, but that's, you know, part of what makes them fun. You know, I mean, that's why I'd rather listen to an E Street band record than a Fish record, you know, for well, and, or uh, something, so. Yeah, because they, go ahead. Dan. Oh, I'm just, uh, before we get off the cover, I, I had a question for you since you're at that Dallas yeah. show, um, yeah. uh, writing tour. My memory is that we were at the show, maybe they played a couple nights, but Glenn Fry came out. Was it Glenn yes. Fry that played I Fought the Law? Yes. <laughs> and yeah. why was that? There was some. Well, Glenn, uh, Glenn Fry lived in Dallas. I, 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 I don't know if he still does or not, but at the time he was a Dallas resident. Dudley, he and I know he, anyway yeah. And so, and they <laughs> he just has passed away. Uh, no, no, no. Don Henley. It wasn't Glenn Fry, it was Don Henley. Oh, Don, oh, Don, Don Henley's still alive. Yeah, it's Don Henley who came out, not Glenn oh, Fry. Okay, I've got it wrong. Yeah, okay. so yeah, so it's Don Henley, and he lived in Dallas, and so, um, and I do not know why they did. I fought the law. I know uh, when the second night I saw him, the second time I saw him, it was at the Devils and Dust, and Jimmy LaFay came out, and they did My Oklahoma Home. Oh wow! So um, I was very disappointed. Um, I went to Nashville uh, during the High Hopes tour 
And I just knew someone from Nashville would show up, right? Like Roseanne Cash or someone and, and no one showed up. No one at all. Uh, I, you know, and I just was it, it certainly not disappointed, but just the idea of like we're in Music City Capital, you know, and there's just, you know, there's got to be someone in town that could go and do a song with Bruce. But no, it was good. It's interesting that that's your experience, because I have never seen Bruce bring out a guest artist in any capacity on any yeah. show that I've seen. I saw he, him with his mother. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> In, in yeah, in Mountain View, yeah. California, because his parents lived there in the Bay Area, so he danced yeah. with her at the end of Dancing in the Dark. So yeah, uh, Don Henley, uh, Jimmy LaFay, and then um, I'm drawing a blank on the Texas musician um, in Dallas. Once Bon Jovi was playing the next night, and John Bon Jovi came out and they did Glory Days together, oh, and then uh, wow. yeah, so that was fun. And then, um, oh, a, I'm trying to, I'm drawing a blank. I'll have to look it up. But there was a Texas musician that when he was in Houston um, came out and played him on stage. So I guess I've been wasn't lucky. It wasn't Alejandro Escobar. No, it was, yeah. um, oh, geez, now I'm going to have to look real quick. Um, Houston Springsteen 2014. <laughs> and look for the set list uh so anyway um it was here we go talk among yourselves as i do um dan why do you hate the rising (laughs) (laughs) oh dan you're muted i muted myself uh i don't know i love the i like the rising i don't like all the songs but the rising itself the rising the title track is a top 20 song for me yeah, really you know, See, I, you know, I feel like you've come around on that because i remember i remember hearing you say it's just it's repetitive that's it that that was that was a refrain for you in the early 2000s in these discussions was maybe i was saying you were repetitive that could be i am <laughs> i've been uh, accused of that, that could joe, be, it could be that i it could be that i was slow to come around i eventually come around but joe ely joe ely was the texas song i know the name showed up. Oh, yeah yeah so uh yeah um the <laughs> that's pretty funny <laughs> why do you hate the rising um <laughs> so you know the the rising is the only song i've heard every time i've seen him perform i you wow. know uh so and partly because my first show was a uh, you know in 2002 mm-hmm. but yeah that's the only show i i've i've not seen like when he did devils and dust he didn't play born to run so uh, I don't hear that every show, but that's it. Um, all right. Anything else we need to talk about before we get to the Mary question? I, okay. I was just going to say I, I, bootlegs, right? I, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I, um, I actually have a uh, story like about like, a, you know, a, a bootleg that I had gotten of a concert that he did in 1978 in Cleveland. And I found it in Philadelphia when I was working there in the summer of 1988, like when I was, a, I guess, freshman in high in college, right? I had 
gone back there after my freshman year to go and work and uh, you know, you know, for the summer. And, uh, and so I go to this um, record store in Philadelphia and I find just this jacked up cassette tape. Right. And it's just Bruce Springsteen live in Cleveland. It doesn't have any of the songs written or anything. And, and so I go and play this thing and it's just the worst quality you can imagine. And it's got like a, you know, embryonic version of Sherry Darling on there where he flubs the lyrics and the lyrics are like really different, you know, in general. And, you know, it's just like, and it was just like, but it was like my favorite tape. He does a version of like, you know, not fade away that goes into she's the one, right? That, you know, and it, it, it's just like this, you know, I mean, just this great little like timepiece because I had a Cleveland DJ named Kid Leo who does the whole like introduction, you know, for him and everything that Bruce was like friends with. And, uh, you know, so I had this thing, you know, for years and years. And even after I'd gotten rid of the cassette, you know, player, like I just kept it around, my wife would be like, you sure you don't want to throw this out? It's like, never, right? And then so like I finally went to go play it over at you know uh, our friend Brendan Murphy's house and 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 this thing gets caught up in the uh, in the tape player and it breaks and I'm like just oh no and I was just all like no way I mean you know this is just a couple years ago but I've had this thing for like you know twenties you know thirty you know almost thirty years right and and I was just all like you know just kind of depressed and then I go home and that night. Bruce Springsteen releases onto his website, and I kid you not, like the, you know, that very concert for free download. <laughs> and so now I have the digital version of it. So. Oh, that's nice. I love that. <laughs> that is a great story. That's good. All right. Anything else before we get to the Mary question? All right. So for those of you who are friends with James, Dan, and Chris that don't normally listen to this podcast, uh, the Mary question is Jay Armstrong is an honors English teacher recently retired in the Philadelphia area and every year he would take his seniors in his honors English class and they would break down Thunder Road as a poem, looking at the imagery that Bruce uses talk about the lyrics and uh, at the end of the two days he, he would ask his class does Mary get in the car so We'll start with you, Chris. Does Mary get in the car at the end of Thunder Road? Um, I think absolutely. And I mean, I think I, I, don't, I, don't, I frankly don't even think it's a horse race. Um, to me, both from just observation and from what I've read about the album and, and the way that it had been envisioned, that is the, the introduction, the invitation. Um, if Mary doesn't get in the car, the whole rest of Born to Run the album to me doesn't happen. It's sort of it's not a story, but it is as a listener a story. And so that invitation has to be accepted. So so I'm sort of I'm sort of thinking this through as I say it, but I think I think in that situation, Mary's you, the person listening to the album. So by by continuing, by diving in and by engaging with everything on Born to Run front to back you take the ride with bruce um so yeah my my answer is unequivocally yes all right very nice dan (laughs) that was was a really interesting answer chris it was a great answer yeah Yeah. i like that uh mine's gonna sound flippant um but there's actually a little bit of well it's gonna sound flippant so i think there's a hurdle that's still to overcome i think bruce has to have an answer when uh um, well, yeah, Bruce has to have an answer when Mary says, what do you mean you ain't a beauty, but hey, you're all right. Right. <laughs> and depending on the way he uh, gracefully handles that question, that would be her only pause because I agree with Chris. This is an invitation. We're going on this ride together. 
Right. Uh, I have always wondered whether Mary would take that line uh, in the um, maybe tongue in cheek way that it was intended. In the spirit in which it is intended. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she might, before she gets in the car, say, wait one second, mister. Yeah. <laughs> That is the reason my wife does not like Thunder Road for that line alone. That she right? thinks, yeah, she thinks that is a horrible line. That why would anyone say that about her? And uh, I can't convince her otherwise. So yeah, all right. So depending on the answer, I you know if he can get over the hurdle, I love that. All right, James, how about you? Uh, I'm gosh, I hate to follow up these two answers here, but I'm going to just go right in with the gusto and say hell yeah. Uh, she did. She hopped in the car with him and everything because it's a town full of losers and they're pulling out of here to win. And, you know, even if like Bruce isn't the, you know, or at least the narrator in the song isn't the uh, say like maybe he's not the ideal man either. Right. And, you know, just like and they're kind of maybe just honest with each other about it. But I think that the thing is, is they I, I always got the impression that they needed each other. You know, because, the, you know, these are, are street toughs. These are downtrodden kids. These are small town, you know, kids. I mean, these are just, you know, people just, you know, in a place that's not so great. You know, I mean, it's the Rust Belt, you know, and they want to, you know, just get the hell out of, you know, where, you know, where they're at. And so they, you know, just like or wherever it is, you know, I mean, whether it's an urban landscape, rural landscape, small town landscape. I mean, you can't, you know, just like it all just kind of you know, I mean, Bruce, you know, has a universality about him and everything. And I think that, you know, the whole point of the story is, is that, you know, you, you know, you get in the car and everything, you know, and unfortunately, you know, I mean, you don't want to get in with like a Charlie Stark weather, like, you know, which is another song that we've got another <laughs> one of his albums with Nebraska, you know, and everything, you know, but I don't, yeah, exactly. I don't, but I don't get the impression. I think that she, you know, she's ready to, use him as much as he's wanting to use her and everything i think that they're you know their common theme is is they they just want to get out and it's mm. the idea of flight you know and everything and yeah. as chris said like it doesn't really rest of it doesn't really work and everything unless you know she you know hops in and they and they go for that ride you know because then where does the album go from there i actually had one guest who was not a springsteen fan and she had never heard the song and she read the lyrics. She did not listen to the song. And um, I will send you guys, uh, I'll attach it to PDF. She basically made it a murder mystery. Like, oh no, if she gets to the car, he's going to kill her. Like, oh, <laughs> she, like, she just said, oh, oh, get okay. in the car, Mary. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was great. She's talking about all this violent imagery. Hmm. You know, and, and, sequel then? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's great. I think it's a valid question to say, you know, and and maybe even a more obvious one to say, okay, well, well, she does get in the car, but then what? Do yes. they do they reach this promised land that he has 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 sort of laid out? I think that is a much more potentially bleak question. I, yeah. I think they do. I think they do, but they might not reach it together, though. You know, they don't. They don't like, reach it until the the first song on the next album. No, you know, he's she's she's not, she's there. she's just she's using him to get out of town. That's all well, and that's what I've, I've that's actually been an answer. Someone said is that um, when he stops to get gas and buy cigarettes, she leaves and, you know, and just like he comes back and she's gone. Uh, I've heard <laughs> people say absolutely because uh, Mary is the wife in the river. So therefore she had to get in the car or else he wouldn't. Uh, another one is that 
um, racing in the street when she's talking about uh, her daddy's porch. That's the same porch that she, you know, dances across, which I thought was great. Yeah. Dean expanded universe. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And then um, the queen of Arkansas. Yeah. Well, one of my favorites is (laughs) Moonlight Motel. Uh, that the guest said that the Moonlight Motel is the sequel that they got in the car. They drove all the way to California. They spent their life together. And now then the narrator of Moonlight Motel is mourning her that I'm she has died. I'm glad you mentioned Moonlight Motel because that, that song is, I think, a masterpiece. Yeah. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. A lady or a classic. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, guys. Um, I'll start with you, Dan. Any final thoughts you want to share with my listeners or my, with your brothers and your blood brothers? Well, it's a great question. That's so profound. I mean, I just uh, just echoing the previous theme. I think that we could do this again in 50 years and James and Chris and I will also be here um, maybe going over some same, same lyrics, but in different ways, because we've lived yeah. life a little longer. Maybe there's more heartache or joy or triumph or parenthood or whatever. And uh, I, let's make that date. Let's do this on 8-11-2071, if that's okay. All right, that All sounds right, great. If my phone goes out that far. Well, I will actually, I, I actually might think about having you guys uh, in a year from now and we kind of catch up. So Absolutely. Uh, yeah, that would be great. Uh, all right, James, any some final thoughts? Yeah, no, I think something that Dan touched on there, too, is, you know, I mean, your relationships, you know, to the songs, you know, kind of do change over time. But at the same time, they kind of also take you back, like, you know, to a certain place, you know, and, uh, you know, I mean, a certain time, you know, I mean, there's, you know, parts where you're just trying to go and figure out life, you know, and there was a lot like I think to listening to the river, you know, after I just, you know, discovered Born in the USA, the very next album I got was the river and I remember it's just like my you know senior year of high school like I actually moved away from the high school that I had went you know to with these guys and I found myself three hours away up in Chico where I was going to go to college the next year but like I didn't know anyone like you know in, in in high school it was awkward being there my senior year and so like I just remember like just listening like to the you know the river over and over again and just like you know I mean just you know the you know the the loneliness of it and the kind of you know haunting you know you know melodies of the whole thing you know just like and and now I listen to it and you know it's 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 like it seems like a party record to me you know and so you know just like the songs like you know your relation to the songs like just evolve like all the you know I mean you know all the time over time you know and so and there's different aspects of you know Bruce's career and everything and it's so dense and deep i mean i think you know just like with a lot of his newer stuff and everything i think it's just you know it takes me years to explore like a lot of that stuff you know now too and everything you know because it's just like there was a classic period of bruce that i just devoured and everything but i've kind of enjoying just a lifetime of just going and like reflecting on the songs and you know and listening to them so you know and just and just watching their relationships change and new songs come in and you know the whole thing so yeah do and i know like one of the songs i've talked about on the podcast is independence day with didn't mean a lot to me you know till i saw him do it live on that river tour and it was the idea of someone who's actually older than his dad probably was when he wrote it and how he wrote the song as the son from that perspective and now then he's singing it as an adult 
you know, that's a song that changed for me. And, and, you know, we still, uh, you know, my son's now 32, but, you know, you go through those teenage years, it, you know, it, it, it can be tough. So absolutely. Yeah. They're great. Chris. Um, well, just first off, thanks. Thanks for allowing us to, to do this. It's been oh, great this was a pleasure. See, see these guys' faces. I mean, I, I suppose we could get on Zoom anytime, but sometimes it takes an excuse. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I just, I, I'm thankful that we have this touchstone for the conversations we have. Um, because I think in the end, they're not as much as we love the art the conversations that grow from it are where the value lies. Um, the relationships that grow from those conversations and from those shared interests are where the value lies. Um, I, I would wish for everyone to have something that they, that, that can tie them to, to their fellows, you know, to, to some group that they can belong in the sense that, that uh, me and these guys um, bond over Springsteen stuff. And sure, that speaks to, to the depth of Bruce as an artist and the work that he does and how much there is in it to explore. Frankly, there's, there's tons of music and the tons of artists that I love, but that would not stand up to this level of just constant revisiting and reworking and 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 chewing over like this the 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 depth of of craft that's in the albums and the the depth of experience that's in the shows are what allows us to you know build basically an ongoing conversation out of just going back and talking about the way that made you feel then and the way it makes you feel now um, to sustain a podcast like this, and and by the way, I, th- what I've listened to, uh, I think it's I think it's great. I, I really appreciate like that. what you're yeah. doing here. Yeah, no, it's a great show. So, what I was going to mention that, like, I think that one, I think Bruce has a very passionate fan base, but I do not know. I've done over 700 episodes. Could another musician have that type of following maybe Beatles maybe Dylan I think yeah you hit the nail on the head I think I think you could I think you could talk about the Beatles to this level I think you talk about Dylan and and lest I be labeled an old man because I am an old man um I I think the fact that I don't that I can't name more current artists that would stand up to that says more about me than about them. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure they're out there and, yeah. and always will be. Yes. Um, but, but yeah, I think, I think you, it takes, it takes a level of, of uh, I don't even think talent's the right word. I just, I think it, it takes a depth of understanding and of feeling in the work that an artist does to inspire a community that can grow like that. And so, yeah, Dylan, so yeah, the Beatles. So Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's certain just... relate, yeah, relatability, I think mm-hmm. is what, you know, I mean, it is, I mean, you know, just like, but also, yeah, just like, but sometimes, you know, it's a little bit of, a, you know, luck of the draw because like, I'm not, you know, convinced that music is all like a meritocracy. I think right. that, you know, 
that sometimes some artists, you know, just like they just happen to reverberate for like whatever reason, you know, I mean, they, Uh you know, for lack of a better term, they just have like that, that certain like, you know, just like mojo, and then they kind of like grow into it and everything, you know, the Beatles were, you know, basically almost like, you know, street punks playing and, you know, bands and like, you know, you know, Liverpool and Hamburg, Germany, and sure, you know, and they just, you know, they, you know, just met kind of an arty crowd in Germany that started to refine them and everything else like that, and then met the right people in England that, you know, just, you know, propelled them and, you know, they rose into the moment, I think that's part of it too, and, you know, Bruce got his lucky break, and you know found and found his audience and like you know really cultivated it you know and everything you know and just like and cultivated you know you know his you know his message with them i think a lot you know and so you know and and he found like as i said like a lot you know and then he just was lucky enough to also have like a lot of the you know just kind of you know universal themes and you know just knew how to you know like you know work that with his audience really for lack of a better term yeah i totally agree and you know i it was funny. Um, this September will be my sixth anniversary of doing the show. And we were just talking to the guy who runs our network, Rob, and he laughs. He says, you know, he says, after I got off the phone with you, I looked over at my wife, Martha, who co-owns the podcast network with him and said, Jesse's going to do a Springsteen show. I think we'll get I think we'll get a season out of it and a season to him is 12 episodes. Right. Mm-hmm. He's like, I think we'll get a season out of it. He said, I had no thought, no thought that six years oh. later, you're still doing this and not <laughs> running out of people to talk to. Uh, you know, it, it, this is uh, so much fun. And it, when I did the friendship month, it was so easy because I just threw it out there in social media and I got so many people that like, Oh yeah. You know, we've been, we met in summer camp in junior high and we've stayed, you know, we, we separated and then we came back friends, but spring scenes bonded us, you know, people like, you know, that gone through. So it is, it is, I'm sure he's humbled by it, you know, because I think he does know the depth of his fandom and the people he love. So nicely said nicely said um are any of you uh and you guys can email if you do social media if we want to reach you how can we uh so um and if you guys will email me this or i'll write it down uh how about it social media for any of you yeah we're all on facebook okay and uh yeah uh i'm on i'm on twitter at at chopper newt okay on Twitter and Instagram is the same handle. It's at Brownie Athletic. Okay. Brownie Athletic. Okay. Yeah, I'm 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 on Twitter and Instagram officially, but I'm never really on them and okay. everything. So, yeah, normally we, just, we don't yeah, see James on Twitter. All right, and so Chris, I'm, what was yours again? Uh, Chopper Newt. Okay. Chopper like the bike, Newt like the small lizard animal. All right, nice. Please? All right, good. And well, then, James, I'll just when I tweet this, I will put hashtag James May. Yeah, so, actually, yeah. You know, I tell you what, let me let me just actually I can find my Twitter. right. OK, now, very so. nice. Yeah, here in a second. Let me just okay. I'm sorry. take uh, your time. Is it easier just to message you in this chat? Yeah, you can send it to me if you want. Yeah, actually, let me see. Do they have me? Uh, um, this is correct. And and so uh, let's see what. Um, I gotta, I gotta remember. It's been so long since I've been on here. Like what my, yeah, what my handle is here and everything. So, uh, 
Anyone know where I can find my handle? <laughs> if you if you follow Dan, oh, I got it. I got it okay. on at, Twitter. At, Dan will tell you James's yeah. name on Twitter. How about okay. that? No, I got it right here. Actually, it's at May M A Y. My last name seven seven zero. All right, there I'm, we go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go follow you now. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, where's like Yeah, just like, and then you're. And Jesse and yours is in. Yeah, I'm at Jesse Jackson DFW because Mm -hmm. I added the DFW because it was at least once a week. I got a tweet going, Jesse Jackson, all lives matter. You know, and how you did I'm just like, no, no, no. Wrong, wrong guy. There is another prominent Jesse Jackson. Yeah, I'm 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 the one who's obsessed with Doctor Who and Bruce Springsteen. So (laughs) I know when this was first brought to me, I'm all going, Jesse Jackson's got a Bruce Springsteen podcast. Yeah, exactly. Like what? We we have rich lives. Exactly. Absolutely. Uh, Chris, Dan, J- James, I-, I appreciate this so much. This is we've gone an hour and a half. I'll I'll end up splitting this into a couple episodes. Uh, <laughs> this was great. I-, I appreciate you guys taking your time and joining me. I hope you had fun. Oh yeah, it's a blast, oh, Jesse. Great. Thanks so yeah. much. Yeah, that's great. All right, listeners, uh, please reach out, especially if you've got some Springsteen friendships. Uh, let me know. I love I love when I can have multiple people on the show. Uh, we're, uh, just, I just recently had a guy, we had a great time and his wife's a huge fan and they're going to join me. So that's always fun when you have a couple, uh, in the meantime, go get vaccinated, everyone. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, yeah, I think we're all vaccinated here. here. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and back if, to concerts. Yeah, yeah, we need to get back to concerts. Uh, you know, let's all be safe and let's get back to normal and hopefully we will meet on the road next year at a Springsteen show. So that sounds good. All right. For now, exactly. (laughs) Thank you. And we'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. Thank you, Jesse. Doing a podcast at times can be a one-way conversation. And I hate that. So please let me know what you like and don't like about the work I'm doing. You can reach the podcast via email at setlessingbruce at gmail.com. The show is on Twitter, at SetLustingBruce, and my personal Twitter is at DFW. We have a website, www.setlustingbruce.com. From there, you can find links to other Springsteen podcasts, as well as other music-themed podcasts. We have a page devoted to our own SLB All-Star Band. These are guests who have been on the podcast more than three times. There is a link to our store where you can purchase Set Lessing Brew shirts, as well as a Mary Question t-shirt. There is a link to our Patreon page where you can sign up to help support the podcast financially. We have different levels and different rewards based on your support. If you don't have any extra cash, and right now who does, you can support the podcast by subscribing via your favorite podcast player and leaving us a review. The more reviews we have, the easier it is for people to find us. And please tell a friend about the podcast, especially if they love Bruce or music, because it will make a difference. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only. Fed Listing Bruce.
Set Listening Bruce is part of the Southgate Media Podcast Group. The theme for Set Listening Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.